When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, and welcome to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later, here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stone. Flying solo this week in the first off-season edition this year. We got some fun guests come on over the course of this off-season. But first, I want it just to be you and me, and talking about just a couple things that need to be unpacked, or maybe repackaged, or stowed away from this 2022 Pittsburgh Pirates baseball season, starting with the third baseman. Brian Hayes, second to last availability in the clubhouse of the season, says that he has been hurt all season long. And and checking around, that even means before he signed his record-setting contract back in April. It's the mid-back, feels it more in the lower back. It's it's a tough, if you're a fan, it's a tough pill to swallow because this is what we heard last year. It was the wrist, and the wrist bothered him more than he let on over the course of the regular season because he wanted to get on the field. And you have to respect that, if nothing else, that... He is that driven in a year where the team still lost 100 games that he wanted to get on the field. And boy, do people not, it it might be divided. It was a good season for him. He's going to be a nominee for the gold glove for third base. He stole 20 bases. The bat wasn't there. The bat did not take the step forward that it needed to take. And that September 2020 is kind of just a tease at this moment. That he could be this great hitter. But he didn't hasn't showed it here at the major league level over an extended period of time. We know the exit velocities, and I, I know some people are gonna roll their eyes at that. There's potential there. There's meat on that bone. He's just not there yet. And I get people who are frustrated because you don't want to sign the the biggest contract in your franchise's history. You don't really feel great giving it to someone who's not quite there yet offensively. I think the back was something that I, I had suspected it had been bothering him longer than he had let on. I, I, I put that in a couple live files, you know, maybe live cues or two. Like I had thrown it out there like, hey, I think the back's been a bigger deal than we've been led on to believe. I didn't see it being an all-year thing. 
And he's talking about how, you know, there are some days where he's got to adjust how he swings because of it. There are some days whenever he sleeps on it on the wrong bed in a hotel where he has a cross-country flight, which is what sparked that trip to the IL back in August. He was on a plane for a cross-country flight. Whenever you have a back injury, that's uncomfortable. Getting that right is his number one priority this offseason. It should. Sounds like they're taking some steps to really try to get him healthy and stay healthy for next year. That's going to include getting to Bradenton early. He's going to be one of the first major league players at Pirate City next year. And a lot of it's just going to be conditioning, getting ready. It's going to be a controlled environment. It's going to be steady in Florida and Bradenton in February. If you've not been to Bradenton or just really any Florida city in February, it blows your mind. Whenever you go on the plane in Pittsburgh and you got your hoodie on, you got, you know, jacket, jeans, whatever. And then you get down to Florida. It's like, oh, it's so hot. It's the most, you know, hashtag baseball writer problems. Just not knowing how, how to handle that heat wave. But it's consistent. That could help with the conditioning. That's They're kind of leaning towards doing that right now. Getting him healthy for 162, that, that's imperative for any player. It seems even more so than him because we've seen that he's he'll fake it. The club knew he was battling this back injury, so it's not like it's uh, they were blindsided by it, but <laughs> it's... They also know how important it is to get to 162 and how important it was for him to play as many games as possible this year. And with the exception of Reynolds, he played the most games. He got the most played appearances besides Reynolds. Might have been a bit to a detriment. I don't think this is something that if he would have just, you know, sat down for two weeks or a month in April, that it all would have been fixed. It's not the, the vibe I got from it. But you wonder how, whenever it's a year that they didn't really seem destined to compete with that roster coming into spring training, was it really the wisest decision to push him as much as they did? It was collaborative the entire year. I want to make that clear. It was collaborative the entire year. The team knew... They talked. There were some days where he just got extra days off. And I, I usually saw those comments in the live file saying, why does he get so many days off? Well, now we kind of have some added context onto that. I do also want to throw out one point here on top of it all. That we haven't really seen him fully healthy in the major leagues except for that one month in 2020 and i'm not saying that's what a healthy hayes could do over the course of 162 but it, it's there it's in there and i think health is a big part of it if he's not opening up the way that he should i think that will impact his his swing, his offensive results. 
And we saw that over the course of this past year. What can he do to stay on the field for 162 is the most important question that this entire medical and strength and conditioning team has to ask themselves this offseason. Because he was a four-war player with bad offensive numbers. Four-war almost exclusively from his defense and base running. If he's an average offensive player, he's an all-star. If he is a good offensive player, he's a borderline MVP. And we know he hits the ball hard enough and does some things well enough that he could be an above-average hitter, a good hitter. It's just unlocking that. And a lot of that is going to be health-driven. And that doesn't guarantee anything. We've seen plenty of players who, if they were healthy, they would have been great. They would have been all-time greats. How many times have we seen a Grady Sizemore, a Kerry Wood, a Mark Pryor, uh, we, we we could just do all, <laughs> we could name guys like that all day. I don't think Hayes is at that point where we have to be worried about his career, but this is because they are two very separate injuries, but this is two years in a row where an injury either, which occurred either very early on in the year or even before, you know, the regular season starts, impacted the rest of the year. He can't have that happen a third time because at three times, no matter what the injury is, that's the label then. And I think a lot of people are you know, going to put that label on him anyway, that he is injury prone. And I can't really argue it because it's been two years and he's had two major nagging injuries. I don't think this was a bad year for him, though. I think it was still quite a good year. And I, I think this is kind of his floor. That at his worst, he's a poor hitter who provides elite defense and good base running. That he'll give you three tools. Which in the grand scheme of things, for his contract, isn't a bad deal. But the Pirates need him to be more. He's a de facto face of this franchise right now. They need him to be more. They need him to be healthy. We're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. All right, we talked about one face of the franchise. Let's talk about another, Brian Reynolds, who was the team's MVP as voted by the local chapter of the BBWAA. I don't think that was particularly surprising. He is also going to be the subject of a lot of off-season trade rumors this winter. 
It's just going to happen. You know the drill at this point. Expect a lot of smoke. I wouldn't expect a lot of fire. The Pirates don't have serious interest in trading him. But they just lost 100 games. They can't tell a team, no, we're not going to listen. 2024 is a very important year for this organization. That's five years. The old baseball adage is it's a five-year plan. There's an expectation to win that year. Becomes a lot harder to win in 2024 if you don't have Brian Reynolds. So, with three years of control remaining, I, I wouldn't expect a lot. I also don't expect teams to give the type of offers that the Pirates receive for him. You know, after a, a kind of down year for him, he had a couple rough months. He played well second half of the season offensively. Defense wasn't as pretty, took a step back. I'm wondering if that, you know, moved to left field the second to last game of the season was uh, a soft launch, if you will, of what's to come in 2022 or 23. Jiwon Bay definitely has the speed to play center field. They have a couple wildfielders on the market and on the 40-man. Maybe he plays left a little more often, or maybe he just goes back to left. They view him as a center fielder. Shelton said that, but that's also one of those things that, as the manager, you have to say. So, maybe we see him in left, maybe we see him in center. I think we see him as a pirate in 2023, opening day. I put this in my column, year-end column. And this is why I have to say, see him as the 2023 opening day. Because if they are on a 100-loss pace again, the trade deadline becomes a point where maybe you're not quite as picky about a trade. Even if you have that 2024 internal expectation to win, if, if, you're, on, if you're destined for 100 losses again, it almost becomes a Ralph Kiner, well, we lost 100 with you, we could lose 100 without you. And that's not fair, because Brian Reynolds is a really good player. He's also an obligation to win. Because he has three years of control remaining. And if you only do okay in 23 and 24, like let's say next year's team wins 10 more games. I think that's the minimum, you know, that acceptable win improvement next year. Between those top 100 prospects who come up in a full season of Contreras and Cruz where, you know, they've, they've learned some stuff. They're not rookies anymore. Maybe a potentially healthy Hayes. You know, Keller's no longer searching for things. And he's, you know, a more proven pitcher at that point. 10 wins should be the bare minimum improvement for next year, but that also puts you at a 90-loss team. And then if you win only 80-something in 2024, maybe you sneak in as that sixth wild card or sixth playoff seed. But if you miss it that year also, then all of a sudden you've got Brian Reynolds for one more year under contract and no playoff berths to show for the first six. He is an obligation to win. 
Hayes is an obligation to win. Cruz is an obligation to win. Contreras is an obligation to win. I'm drifted from the main point of what I wanted to say with Contreras. Go read the column. Go read the column if if you missed it. That's that's the important part here. Reynolds has three years. And at the end of his last availability, they brought up the contract. I'm going to read off the quote here. Quote, I can only really control what I can control. The offseason starts in a few hours, and I'll sit down and think about what I need to do to get better, and then just start working for that. Whatever happens outside of that happens. End quote. There aren't too many people who hate talking about contract stuff more than Brian Reynolds. Like that, back in spring training, whenever the Pirates were going to put him through the arbitration process over a couple hundred thousand dollars. That wasn't a very pleasant time for him. He hated talking about that stuff. He wanted to play ball. And people say, well, if he wanted to play ball, why does he care at all? It's like, well, he also knows the value of himself. He's not going to undersell that. And it kind of took a two-year deal, you know, not too far into the season, but just a talking off of the ledge of, hey, we're at risk of alienating our best player, our best hitter, over something insignificant, and they get that two-year deal done. Don't have to worry about it this offseason. That's good. That second year was more just a safe face because Pirates are a file-and-trial team that if you don't sign your contract, they're done negotiating. There is no way to do a one-year deal. Why teams do this? I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. But they are. They are a file trial team. Most teams are. They had to go to that second year just to save face and say, well, we're still filing trial. Yeah, yeah, okay. We know how that goes. He's got his money. He'll get a raise in 24 and 25 through the arbitration process. Maybe they just sign another two-year deal and say, look, we're just going to ignore arbitration all over again. This hasn't been breached, by the way. This is nothing has come up of late. Pirates are very much a we talk about contracts whenever we talk about contracts team, whenever it comes to stuff like this. But remember last year, whenever we were speculating what a long term deal would look like and how Reynolds could be part of this team for a long time? He's got the long-term deal, and I think it will prove to be a good contract for the team. Wondering, did they miss their opportunity with Reynolds? Because there are reports that after 2020, they really went hard to try to sign him to a long-term deal. After that you know, down year, they tried to buy low. And after 21, they didn't. Never came up. It was just the two-year deal that they ended up taking, which came together very quickly. So outside of 
trying to get him whenever he was at his you know low as a player. There haven't been many serious talks these last couple years over keeping Reynolds on this team long term. And you can like some of the outfield prospects that the Pirates have. You also have to recognize that whenever you have an all-star outfielder, you can't alienate him like that. You can't just say, well, one of the prospects will fill in and, you know, take his place. No, it's it's the Simpsons mystery box. It's like, well, it could be anything in there. It could also be an all-star, you know, center fielder. Reynolds is an important part of this team. And he's told a high-ranking member of the front office at the trade deadline, hey, don't trade me. They said, oh, we weren't planning to. He's like, good. He wants to be here. He wants to win in Pittsburgh. Key point being win. Key point being win. He wants to see a winner here too. And maybe it takes him being a winner for something long-term to come together. But the clock's ticking right now. And if this team is not going to be serious in 2023 and make us semi-serious push at at least 500. You got to be wondering how much clock is there for Brian Reynolds to be a part of a competitive Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team. Again, read the column. 2023, let this team compete. We got a little show left. Back after this. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. Ending this one with my playoff predictions, which will be undoubtedly wrong because they always are. I'm going easy this year. Repeat, Atlanta over Houston. Atlanta is so much better than they were last year. And that team uh, won the World Series. They've got this great roster. Up Up and down, one of the most dangerous lineups in baseball. A sneaky good rotation. It might come down to you know how well does Max Fried hold up during the postseason, but I I think this is just a really good group in general, and never undersell Charlie Morton in the playoffs. I think they're just the team to beat right now. And in the AL, I I have Houston repeating as pettit winners, but losing. Look, that team is just so the the pitching staff is so homegrown. That should be this. Staff that all the Pirates, you know, fans should be looking at appointing them in uh, Cleveland. Like, hey, you can do it homegrown. So they look great. Offense, obviously, no needs no introduction there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced about the Yankees or really anyone in the American League. I'll be personally rooting for the Mariners because that is such a fun young team. And I think they've got a World Series winning core. I just don't think it's this year. I'll be rooting for them, though. You know, that'll that'll be a fun group over the course of the year. And I can't 100% discount the Padres. There's just too much high-end talent there that can bail you out in the the postseason. So, we'll see. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. You'll find this one here too for some reason. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Bye.